Hi, everyone. I'm Aviva Rumani, and this is Kindred Cast, a bi-weekly podcast featuring insights from dealmakers and thought leaders from the world of tech, media, and everything in between. Kindred Cast is a production of Kindred Media, powered by Liontree, the investment bank for the creative digital economy. Today, we're bringing you a conversation with Daniela Pearson, who founded The Newsette, a newsletter for women now boasting over half a million subscribers as a sophomore in college. In a conversation recorded at Kindred Media's Slopeside Studio in Deer Valley, Utah, Pearson tells Lion Tree's James Lindsay about her journey from the dorm room to Forbes 30 under 30 list and her recent partnership with Amazon. I hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. Here's James with Daniela. Welcome to a very special edition of KindredCast. We're coming to you live from the Kindred Media Slopeside Studios in beautiful Deer Valley, Utah. I am James Lindsay and very excited to be joined by Daniela Pearson, the founder and CEO of Newzet. Daniela, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your story. Thank you for having me. So let's start at the beginning. You started Newzet while in college, which makes your college experience dramatically different from mine. What compelled you to start this? I started the news at when I was a sophomore in college because basically I realized that I had no internships under my belt and I was not going to get a job. So I decided to create my own job and luckily it worked out. But essentially, I just looked at my inbox like this toxic place. It felt almost like it was professor emails or for my older friends, work emails, and you just didn't want to check it. And so I thought, what if I could deliver a gift in everyone's inbox every single day and almost be this source of inspiration? And it also gave me something to do and build because I'm the kind of person that always wants to be doing something. So I definitely didn't have the typical partying and friends, you know, college experience. I was building a business, but it was worth it because when I graduated, I was able to go to New York, start an office, hire people and do the whole thing. What's interesting to me is it's easy to bundle you together with the newsletter genre, but what you're doing is different. You're not really delivering news, you're delivering inspiration. Yeah. So perhaps you could talk to me a little bit about what is your mission? Yeah. My mission is very clear. It's basically to empower females through content and connections. I tell people we're building the world's largest empowerment company. So you're right. We're not a utility like other newsletters where you're kind of using the content to make yourself smarter in five minutes. We're actually delivering an experience and inspiring and delighting our reader every single morning. The way I like to describe it is we're not only keeping our dynamic, super busy woman up to date with fashion, pop culture, business, tech, all of the stuff that's kind of marginalized when you're so busy, but we're also introducing our reader to a new woman every single day. It could be someone like Diane von Furstenberg, who's actually an investor now, or it could be a new entrepreneur in Kenya who just started a business that helps local girls. So it really runs the gamut of the woman that we feature, but essentially we're delivering inspiration and motivation. That's very, very interesting. And we're going to get onto some of your collaborations in a bit, because I think that's particularly fascinating. But talk to me about how your mission has changed from inception, right? You started this, as you said, as a sophomore, and it's been in operation for a number of years now. 
How has the platform evolved? It's been five years. The reason why I started with a newsletter is because I had no idea how to build a website, which I actually had to end up doing because someone has to sign up for the newsletter via website. So it was a really shitty website. And then I kind of realized that doing a newsletter was easier. So I like hopped on MailChimp and started doing it and sent the first newsletter out the next day for the eight people who subscribed after I announced it on Facebook. It really started with the newsletter. And although the newsletter is still the main way that we engage our audience and talk to them because it's an incredibly lucrative and engaging way to talk to consumers now, more so than websites, we're really building something even bigger. So the mission, my personal mission is I truly believe women are doing the work. They're starting the businesses. They're trying to work their way up the corporate ladder. They're you know writing books. They're running for office. They're doing everything. And sometimes the only thing they're missing is exposure. If my company can help give them and through collaborations, give them that exposure, then I really think that we're going to help build the next generation of female philanthropists, female investors, female activists, etc. Because I know that if one woman that we highlight becomes successful, she's going to reach down and pull up another woman. So that's essentially our mission now. And you can kind of see that manifest through the various partnerships that we are doing and leverage the fact that we're the authentic source of female empowerment to partner with the world's biggest brands in order to give female voices amplification. So let's talk about some of your collaborations. I think one of the things that I've most been amazed about in terms of how you've built your business is you seem to have this knack for finding the most effective way for Newzet and other companies to collaborate in a mutually beneficial way that serves your mission. So I'd love it if you could share with our audience one or two of your collaborations, how they came about, what they're doing. Yeah. So I mentioned Diane von Furstenberg. She and her CEO reached out to me about a year ago, basically asking if we did content licensing. And we didn't at the time, but it's now a really exciting part of our business and exciting vertical. And so essentially we created a weekly newsletter for them so that they as a brand could have an authentic editorial voice. And we had obviously the capabilities to create that kind of content. And that relationship, now Diane calls herself my fairy godmother, and now she's an investor. And that's how I met REA. Through that relationship, we really got close. And because she's friends with the most important people in the world, I really told her, what if we leverage your connections into actually being able to spotlight women using these incredible platforms as a stage? So that basically turned into us announcing in 2020 as the Newsette that we were only going to do collaborations in 2020 that really served an initiative. So for example, Amazon, which just launched today, they're our new partner for the Newsette. And I think it's going to be a long-term thing, which is exciting. But we're not only, you know, switching dollars here. We're actually also partnering with DVF on International Women's Day to highlight 20 female-founded businesses on the Amazon homepage. So basically the biggest billboard in the world. That was my idea because I really wanted to give businesses that deserved it, my mission, this incredible spotlight that you can't buy. And it's a way that we're able to level the playing field for women because maybe one of those businesses didn't get funding because so little female-founded businesses do get funding, but this placement could bring them you know, over the top to another male-founded company. That was one collaboration. We also are 
really excited about collaborations with male-dominated industries. So for instance, banking, a lot of banks are doing incredible things to highlight longer maternity leave and female-friendly rules and stuff like that that is really going to be helpful for the new generation of the modern woman. And they're actually, instead of turning their back at women like in the past, they're embracing women and want to hire more women. So I'm excited in 2020 to work with those male-dominated industries to actually help them by auditing their female channels, by helping put together these innovations and institutions in their companies that are female-friendly so that the women at those companies actually feel like they're being heard and they're being supported. So that's another exciting thing that's going to be launching later this year. And just to go back to the Amazon collaboration, you came up with the idea of overtaking the homepage and highlighting these businesses. Yes. How do you manage to convince a company like Amazon to allow you to show up take over their homepage. That seems like a a massive coup. Yeah. Diane and I were in San Francisco, staying at the same guest house of one of her friends. I would not stop shutting up about using her connections to amplify women. And that's her mission too. When we get together, we just come up with so many ideas. I was like, your best friend is Jeff Bezos. What can we do with that relationship? And I pitched her the idea and she actually really liked it. And so she emailed Jeff and she said, Daniela has an idea, uh, blah, blah. And then Jeff liked the idea. So then he connected us to Jay, who was actually in the Obama administration as the press secretary, but now works at Amazon. And then we had a meeting with them and I convinced them. Diane likes to say I'm like a used car salesman. (laughs) That's how I get my way. So I somehow convinced him. And it was about a month and a half before International Women's Day when we were doing this. He was like, I don't know if this is going to happen in time. Like we're Amazon. And I was like, you know, we need to do this. Immediately, he connected us to the right team. I started getting to work. I was really the only person from DVF and the Newsette side and in charge side that was brokering this deal and getting everything done. And through that process, we actually sold a really big campaign on behalf of the Newsette to highlight this initiative, which was really cool because it came full circle. Basically, we used Diane's incredible connection to the very top in order to convince the leaders that this was an initiative worth doing and worth doing on this incredibly small timeline. Also, a lot of the people at Amazon really believed in it. We had people like Dan and Andrea and Rochelle and Michaela who immediately dropped everything and wanted to do this because it was so innovative compared to all the other things that they were doing. I'm happy to say that most of the people we worked with were female-dominated teams. Hmm. So it was actually authentic and real. You don't know what the company like Amazon, but there are ton of strong women there. We were recording a live segment that's going to be on the homepage with DVF and the producers and director and all the people in charge on the set were women and they were basically bossing around men, which I loved because it was so authentic. That was basically how that happened. So leveraging relationships in order to get big things and first of their kind things done. Mm -hmm. What's interesting about that story, and I'd certainly draw a parallel to the way we do business at Liontree is thinking about the mission first and always just being mission-driven. Like there's so many companies that say they're mission-driven, but the mission is more of an afterthought. Whereas with you, it seems it's all about the mission. And then you're like, okay, I know what the mission is. Let's work out how to do it. And mm-hmm. it's there's no preconceived notion about how things need to be done. You, yeah. You're blank canvas every time. Yeah, exactly. Which must be exhausting. It is exhausting, but you know, 
Diane said this, and I echo it. There's never been a better time to be a woman than 2020. And it just so happens to be a hundred year anniversary of women's suffrage and all of this great stuff that's happening. I just really think that there's so much these huge platforms and organizations with millions of users and customers can do to just change one policy and all of a sudden have this trickle effect. And so I'm excited to work with the biggest companies in the world to promote female empowerment because that's how we're going to get there Mm -hmm. faster by partnering with these behemoth companies that already have the consumer base. Let's talk about female empowerment. You're obviously spending your days, I think you put it as building the next generation of female entrepreneurs and philanthropists. But I want to talk about your experience when you were coming up as a emerging female entrepreneur slash philanthropist. You seem to have some very positive stories in the form of Diane von Furstenberg deciding she was your fairy godmother. (laughs) Um, But I'd love to hear sort of, did you feel that support? Were there times when you wished there was more support? How was it? Five years ago, starting your business. Five years ago, I had zero connections. So the reason why I wanted to start the company is I really wanted to work in the magazine industry. But it seemed like everyone that was getting the internships, their dad or family friend knew someone and blah, blah, blah. And my parents are from Florida. I think they knew one person that lived in New York. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to be able to go down that route. So maybe I just need to build something impressive enough where I stand out that way. I also just became addicted to it. I was really blind when I was starting it. I didn't take no for an answer. I did not think for a second that I was going to face any sort of discrimination for being a woman. I really didn't feel anything like that when I was in college. My professors actually junior year basically threatened me to say, I either have to pick the business or I have to be in school, even though I was going to all of my classes and doing everything just working 24 hours a day because they told me like, there's no way you can do both. That was one time where I felt like I had every roadblock in front of me. And luckily I was able to continue achieving my college education. And then finally at the very end, my last semester, we had an entrepreneurship course and my professors were absolutely incredible. And most of them were men and they were incredibly supportive, which was great. I had never really felt that kind of discrimination because I just always thought, I can do whatever I want to do. I'm a twin. So my parents basically had two girls the same age. So I never had like an older brother or anything that was getting better treatment. But when I actually moved to New York and I was kind of out of my bubble, I realized that the stats and the data really show that women aren't as lucky as I was, or maybe I was facing discrimination, but I just was so committed to my business that I never saw it. Once I heard stories and I saw the data, it made me so upset and it made me want to do something about it. I really was shocked. I thought we're in 2000, probably 17 at that point. How is this stuff still happening? And then I did experience one thing. I think it was like a year after I moved to New York, I met with this huge investor, very big name deal, whatever, because he wanted to meet with me. And I was so excited. And I went into his office and there were two girls and then him. And I basically did my whole pitch because I was interested in investment. It was a few years ago. And he basically just looked at me and started laughing. And I was like, what's so funny? And he was older, like in his 80s, I don't know, like grandpa age. And he was like, you remind me so much of my granddaughter. And I was like, that's great. Like, I I bet she's so cool. And he was like, no, she talks so fast and has no idea what she's talking about. (laughs) And I was like, 
oh, okay. It just went so downhill from there. And I remember feeling so embarrassed and so incompetent. Like this man was just basically staring at me and picturing a toddler in front of him and wasn't even listening to one word. And so after that meeting, it was probably not the best thing to do, but I basically swore off all VCs or investment. And I was like, I'm going to do this my way. And luckily we were profitable. And then now we're working with Lion Tree, who does not treat me that way. But that was really shocking because I really thought that, especially because I was presenting a female empowerment platform, that at least he would keep that kind of commentary to himself, but he didn't. Have you sent him the link to the Amazon page? No, I haven't. (laughs) I mean, I have sent all the professors that basically told me to either leave college or stop my business. I sent them a link to my Forbes 30 under 30 because I'm so petty. (laughs) I don't think he cares about me, like remembers me. And that's fine because that gave me like a chip on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And that's the best way that I work. I always want to prove everyone wrong. Good. Yeah. Well, it seems like you're doing a good job of that. Thank well, you. Okay. So let's ask a few perhaps more personal questions. Are you a podcast listener? I assume so. Yes. What is your favorite podcast other than Kindred Cast? Well, obviously that one is my number one. I listen to every episode. I love you, Aurier. The other ones I sometimes listen to when I've listened to all of the Kindred Cast episodes are Boss Files with Poppy Harlow. It's a CNN podcast. It's really good. I love how I built this. I'm also such a nerd. I like how stuff works and I've listened to every single one. It's great when you're in the shower and you want to know how some random tunnel was built a hundred years ago. And then I really like My Favorite Murder. I'm like definitely one of those people that gravitates towards the murder documentaries and has seen all of them. And so I actually like falling asleep to it. I don't know what that says about me, but that's my list. How about TV, streaming? What are your favorite shows? Every single day. I get to the office at 7.30 and I leave the office at like 6.30 or 7.30 and then my treat is going home and sitting on my couch and continuing to work, but while watching TV. So that is like my bath. I do actually watch some TV. I love reality TV because it makes you not think about all of the problems or anything that's happening as an entrepreneur. But in terms of like Netflix shows, I like all the documentaries that I mentioned. I really like you. Obviously, everyone does. So I binge that. I really liked the show with Henry Cavill. It's like the Game of Thrones one, The Witcher, which is so nerdy, but I I really liked it. That's basically it. How about reading? Do you find time to read books? What's the last good book you wrote? I actually don't really find that much time to read because I'm always being stimulated in another way. So podcasts are really great because I'm able to, you know, walk to work and listen to content that's going to help me or I'm able to do work and then listen to something. And so I feel like with reading, you're only able to do one thing. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a theme of mine. If I'm working on my computer, I'm allowed to watch TV. I don't just watch TV without doing anything. One of the last books I read was a fiction book, but I actually have listened to a lot of interesting books on Audible. That's like Diane's favorite app ever. She raves about it. So I actually downloaded it and the first book I listened to was her book which is interesting Daniela thank you so much for your time thank you so much for everything you're doing we at Lion Tree are thrilled to be associated with you and as a father of three daughters I hope you keep doing it for a really long time me too thank you so much James I hope you enjoyed our show today 
If you want to check out any prior episodes, find us and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Feel free to leave a review as well as it helps people find the show. You can also follow us on social media at KindredCast for behind the scenes photos and info. Listen to Kindred Cast on Sirius XM every Saturday and Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern on Business Radio Channel 132 or stream shows on demand in the Sirius XM app. Audiation.